it's kind of awkward. Tomorrow is September 30th, and that's when we celebrate uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day. But a lot of the ceremonies, celebrations, announcements, and various stories going with it came today because of that calendar date. Uh, one of the ones that is got to be talked about is the Kamloops uh, Indian Residential School mass grave that was discovered a few years ago and then the subsequent residential schools right across the country where they've gone through with uh, technology that is radar uh, sensing grave uh, technology still being used to find these unmarked graves. Where do we stand now? And that's one of the questions that comes up. What is it going to show us? How good is this technology? How's it being used? Well, let's bring in Jerry Mayer, Judson Show contributor. Uh, you've taken a look at some of these issues. Exactly. And they're still popping up. We still hear of more schools mm-hmm. being added to the list as we go through and look for these graves. What are we mm-hmm. finding out? We are finding out, I mean, plenty of plenty more horrors every 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 time it seems like we look for them. I uh I did do some some uh some research into the topic and I talked to someone who can probably explain it a lot better than me. Her name is Dr. Keisha Supernant. She is the director of prayer indigenous archaeology at the University of Alberta. Let's have a listen to what I found out. In facing the horrors and damage done to indigenous children, families and communities, we must do difficult work. Communities have been without answers for decades about where the children who did not come home from residential schools were buried, and those answers lay under the soil. Dr. Keisha Supernant, the director of Prairie and Indigenous Archaeology at the University of Alberta, where she's also a professor, uses ground-penetrating radar to help bring those communities closer to finding those answers. In my work, what we're actually looking for with the ground-penetrating radar is changes in the soil that come from the digging of a grave. So we're not looking for bones or bodies because it can't detect those, but it can sometimes detect an area where there has been a grave-like pit dug that's about the right shape, the right size, and the right depth. And when I'm using this technique, I'm looking for those potential shapes in the ground that could be graves. So if you if you did a search with ground penetrating radar, what does that look like? What's that process? When we are working with communities to try to find potential unmarked graves around residential schools, we begin by talking with the community. Often survivors, elders, and other community members may have knowledge of where there could be burials. We also look at the burial records where possible because there are cases where children are recorded as having died and are buried in nearby cemeteries. But in many cases, those do not have any grave markers and it's not clear within those cemeteries where those children may be. Once we have a sense from the community of where they would like to look, we bring out the equipment and we lay out in this case, various kinds of grids. And we take the machine and run it along the ground, along that grid in straight lines. So the grids can be of varying sizes, but we always go every 25 centimeters. Basically, we're taking the ground and we're collecting a series of slices. And we want to make sure we're covering every inch of the ground of the areas of interest. My team, with the setup we currently have, we cover about an acre a week. But when we're actually out there, there's a lot of just sort of moving the ground penetrating radar along in straight lines to build the map, basically, of the subsurface. If you could attach a why to the work that you're doing, what is the why? 
the why behind ground searches and the work that's happening right now across the country, there's two answers to that question. The first one is many communities know children did not come home, both from the institutions in their territories, but also the other places that their children may have been taken. And they would like to know where they're buried. The ground penetrating radar work that we're doing can sometimes provide hints toward that where. And I say this because we can't guarantee with ground penetrating radar that what we're finding is a grave. We can't confirm bodies or presence of anything inside of the, the, the pit itself. However, when survivors say we think there may be children buried over here and we do a ground penetrating radar search and we do find results, that can provide some specific location for the community to take next steps. Sometimes next steps will be putting up markers and doing commemoration. Other next steps, there are communities talking about what do we do to confirm that there's something there or try to figure out who might be buried in that location. The other thing I think is it does provide an additional line of evidence. While we do not need ground penetrating radar to know children died in the thousands, many survivors and community members have been trying to raise this issue for a very long time. And the ground penetrating radar results are providing a type of evidence that non-Indigenous people might understand more, that might be a bit more concrete, and it can then support those communities in their pursuit for accountability and for justice for these missing children. The other thing that's important to know about ground penetrating radar is that using ground penetrating radar to find unmarked graves is a specialization. So not anyone who uses this technology can find unmarked graves with it because it does require certain parameters. And also, we do know what we're doing. This is a technique that's been used across the world to find graves, and while it's still being refined, we do know what certain things look like under the ground. So we can eliminate rocks or tree roots or pipes. We know what those look like. And what we're often doing is a process of elimination and then looking at the remaining information to try to make sense of it. While it's not a perfect science, it certainly is a meaningful and useful way to support communities if you have experience using the technology to find out more graves. What a great explanation. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing I find with this is it is a confirmation or one further step of confirmation to stories that have been known in the community for generations because of the oral history. Precisely. Uh, but there is, she's still hinting that there is more confirmation that comes beyond this. Yes, it's just, it's a, when we were talking about it, she said it's just, it's a tool um, among, in a, in a big toolbox in order to piece the story together about what happened and then provide closure and tell the truth about about what happened and provide communities with next steps. If that stops at, like she said, putting a marker at that site, or if that continues with trying to corroborate with different records about, you know, a different, you know, people that were in the, were in yeah. that particular site and things like that. So it's not the end all be all or whatever. It's just, yeah. It's I know that's tool. where it becomes a little controversial at times yes. with people taking a look at that and saying, okay, but do we have the final ultimate answer? And that answer is no. Yeah. But they're still getting very close to it. Precisely. And even with the evidence that we, I'm using big heavy finger quotes, we have plenty of proof, we have plenty of evidence. But even with this, it's, I don't think it should be disputed. If horrors and atrocities yeah. were committed, then horrors and atrocities were committed. And I think that re-traumatizing communities and maybe f trying to pull these things out of them is but not the way to the go. But we know the numbers. This is also showing just the extent, the scope of it, 
and uh, the technology extremely valuable. Exactly. Thanks for all looking oh, into this. Thank you, and thank you to Dr. Keisha Supernon. She is an absolute stellar lady. Absolutely. Jerry Mayer, Judson Show contributor, very important ahead of tomorrow's Truth and Reconciliation Day.